Our passage comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And the Bible reads as follows. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So reads the Word of God. Please be seated. I'm excited about this. Um, well, we're going to get right into this. I'm going uh, I'm to pray for us. And we're going to get right into it. I'm very jazzed about this talk. This is the final um, week of this series. Next week, we're going to have a standalone series. It'll kind of be a state of the union, not quite, you know, um, uh, a kind of speech where you just kind of share where, where the church is and what we're doing and, you know, the people we're feeding. I mean, gee whiz, I wish every... Every week, I'm, I'm more and more determined. I think that we should just bring forth, like, you know, how many people did we feed? I walked in this Sunday, and there were two lines. I mean, huge lines of people that we were feeding um, who would not have had the groceries um, that we gave them had we not given it to them, because we do it in Jesus' name. There are, there was 20 people in a meeting. I, I, I there's this meeting outside of uh, what we do here. I chair it, and um, it's at 8 o'clock, and it's for, you know, uh, uh, addicts and all that stuff. And uh, it's a 12-step meeting, and there's like 16 people at this meeting, most of which did not have six months clean, some of which are here today. I mean, just God is doing some amazing, glorious things in this place, and just so uh, next week I'm going to give a kind of state of the union, and then I'm going to do a kind of series that we've never done before. We're going to actually go through a book of the Bible. It's probably going to be the book of Galatians, and we're going to take around six to eight months to go through with it. And I know at first you go like, what is it, you know, gosh, how long, you know, what can we possibly get out of the Bible? It's, 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 it, you could probably take three years through this book. It's so full. It's like Galatians is like a little Romans. And so we're going to take the time to sort of go through it. And you're going to learn so much about God's word. And you're going to learn so much about giving glory to God. And you're going to learn so much about his sovereignty and election and how he perseveres saints and how you're just going to learn so much. It's going to be one of the best series you've ever gone to. Um, uh, and so we're going to have that in about two weeks, but next week it'll be like a state of the union and then we'll go into that. So with that, we're going to finish this series and I'm going to pray for us. So why don't you pray with me? Father, you are a glorious, holy, magnificent, ever present Sovereign God of the universe, one who deserves our praise, our passion, obedience, one who deserves us to wrestle with sin and submit to your will. Father, we praise you because you're worthy of praise and you're full of glory. So, Father, I pray that throughout this talk, that throughout this time together, we would be humbled and submitted to your will 
that we would seek to learn your word. And that it would transform us by the power of your spirit. And that we would in fact be changed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, touch every heart, every mind. Let no one leave here the same. Let all immaturity and foolishness and, and, and silliness leave the thinking that so pervades our thoughts. And let maturity and brokenness and humility and obedience pervade our minds. Help us, O oh God, to grow in sanctification and love for you, for your glory, for we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a three-minute uh, up-to-date kind of thing of what we were doing for this entire series. Now, if you want to hear the series, there's several different ways you can do it. In the back, at the end of every service, there's a guy with a CD. He sells. The reason we sell the CDs is because we can't afford to give them away. We actually have to buy the burner, buy the CD, buy the, you know, whatever uh, thing that we put the ink and all that other stuff. So all of that together, we sell it for like $3. Just because that's about as much as it costs to make a CD, right? And so you can get it that way. But there's a couple of other ways because we love you. And, you know, it's tough times. And so there's two free ways you can get um, the CD. The first one, uh, or the talk. And the first one is on the internet. You can get it on the internet. And uh, go to nbtbrooklyn.org. Everyone should write that down. nbtbrooklyn.org. That's where you can get a talk. And also, if you podcast NBT Sermons. Is that right? NBT Sermons. Uh, So in other words, you're on iTunes. You go to podcast. You go to NBT Sermons. You can, you can download, take it on your podcast and walk, uh, I mean, take it on your iPod and walk around with, you know, the talks. Now, one of the reasons why we did this is because usually you need to hear something more than once. And sometimes you'll hear a sermon and you go, wow, that was good. I think I need to really kind of get that in me. And so you'll need to hear it more than once. Or, or maybe you want to share this with a friend. This is huge. If you come to this service and you're blessed by anything that we say here in this service, we encourage you. Facebook about it. MySpace about it. Twitter about it. Not during the sermon. Um, uh, But at the end of the sermon, you can Twitter about it. Facebook, you can go. Why? Because we want as many people as possible. You know, God says in the word, in His Word, it's, it's, when He's giving a parable, He says this. He says, it's my desire that my house would be filled. And I want so desperately for your uncles, your aunts, your nieces, your brothers, your sisters, your daughters, your sons, your fathers, your mothers, your friends and your co-workers would hear this blessed word. Not because, uh, let me tell you something, not because we want this church to just grow in number, because I, I just give you an, an idea about you know, what it's like. You should be here throughout the week. I laugh when people say, well, preachers got it made. They only work one day a week. I wish, I wish we work back here, and it's not just me, it's other people who volunteer their time. It's unbelievably busy. The the more people that come, the more problems that come. You understand that, right? People are broken and people are hurt. It's not like an indictment or anything. It's just more people that come, the more issues that come, the more people we have to counsel, the more people we have to help. The busier it becomes, the more people we have to follow up on. 
Someone wrote down just this week. This is powerful. Someone wrote down this week, I want to kill myself. On one of the yellow cards that you write. Do you think that we should have spent some time with that guy? Yeah. Do you think it could have been possible if we were all working and just came in for two hours on a Sunday? It wouldn't have been possible. So we counseled him. We got him, got him into a rehab. We told him about Jesus. He's going to come out and we're going to tell him we get to share the Bible more. This is amazing. This only happens because we... So please get involved. Get involved in the children's ministry. But the point is that there's a ton of stuff that's going on. And we want you to serve and get involved. I just want to give you that kind of snapshot. Amazing things happen here. And we want you to really... Um, so, but because of that, in other words, when more people come, more issues rise up. But we want people to come because God's glory is worth the busyness, the time, the difficulty. Oh, I want everyone. I want there to, this to be a standing room only. Not because I want a whole lot of people to hear me. The fact is, is that there's more spiritual warfare. There's more battles. There's more than you can possibly imagine. It's, it's not because of that. But it's because God's glory deserves a hearing. That people should hear about the greatness of God. So invite your friends. Email, text message, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter. Give them the link. On, on every one of your Facebooks, give them the link. to the. Um, if each one did that, and we only had, right now, uh, ten people... Uh, in our, uh, in our friendship list, right? If we only had 10 people, that means by this week alone, over 1,000 people would hear uh, an opportunity to hear about the Word of God. So we're going to get into it. Now, let me tell you, uh, as I transition from that, I want to tell you about this series. So if you want, you can go on the podcast. You can go on the, um, to hear the rest of the podcast, and you can go on the email. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the website nbtbrooklyn.org, and you can do that. Now, quick synopsis of this week. The first week that we talked about, we we decided that we were going to, when we did this series, that it was going to be a different kind of series, a parenting series, than what we've heard and what we've done. All parenting series are usually, do this, don't do that, make sure that your children here on this late, you know, spank them this time. By the way, today is all of that. Like, if you came for the parenting series and you just wanted, like, real practical stuff, you came on the uh, today. Because today we're going to talk about spanking, discipline, correcting, and all that other stuff. I know that once we hear spanking, we go, you know, just stick with me. It, it's going to be worth it. You'll hear. Um, so, so, but the, we said, no, no, no. The issue is, is that we produce what we are. So we said for these, for these four weeks, three of the four weeks, we're going to spend working on the hearts of the parents. And if you're not a parent, you might be one day. Chances are you will be. So we're, gonna, we're going to um, ask you to address these issues. So the first week was the glory. That was, if I was going to title each week's uh, sermon, the first week would have been glory. The second week would have been heart. The third week would have been um, marriage. And the fourth week would have been it's discipline. Right? Or children discipline. So, glory. We said, glory, that it would be that the first thing we should know about parenting is what's our objective. The objective is the glory of God. That we would not, watch this, the objective is not for us to become friends with our children. 
or not for us to be cool, hip parents. Or not for everybody to see us as really, or not for our children to, you know, fall in love with us or our children to like us more than our spouse. That's not the objective. The objective is not to keep our kids out of jail or just to get them to graduate high school. The objective is for the glory of God. That they would live their lives. And we said this, that this is the whole kit and caboodle for the series. We said that our objective is that my kids would worship my God. That I'm going to raise my children in such a way that they would worship my God. Not because I'm right, not because I'm trying to get them into some rules and try to hold them down and try to manipulate them. But because I know that there's nothing better, nothing better. That if they did not have the sneakers that everyone had, and did not watch the movies that everyone watched, and did not do the things that everyone did, if they worshipped my God, they would experience a life that is on the crest of the wave of life. They would live it abundantly. It's amazing. And our job would be that we would lead our children, we would have a different mindset, and it would be for the glory, the preeminence, the supremacy of God. That's why and how and the purpose of raising our children. Not so that they become good citizens or any of the other things we said. So the first week was glory. The second week was the heart. And we said that if we're going to affect children, there were some heart issues that we had to deal with. That there are some issues of your heart that needs being addressed. And that the heart, it, we said, was deceptively wicked. Above all things, guard your heart. Why? For out of it is the well spring of life. And we said that if we don't guard our hearts, then our hearts will not only lead us astray, but they'll do a pretty good job of painting us as hypocrites in front of our children and lead our children astray. And so we even gave a bunch of questions that we can ask ourselves every day. Bitter with anyone today? You know, holding any resentment? Anybody promise you something and that they didn't deliver? You know, they didn't... we asked heart questions. If you're not sure what those are, you can find them on the web or on the podcast. Go for, um, go for that. And we talked about the heart and that we can help our children each day. We can help our children by asking these questions. Address their heart. It's brilliant. Third week was the marriage. And remember, anybody remember last week, right? That we had, you know, we had the driver's chair, right? We said this, that the, the Bible, America is absolutely consumed with hierarchy. In other words, there's your boss, right? You have your order chart, right? There's your boss, and then there's the higher, you know, <clears throat> presidents, and then there's the vice presidents, chairman of the board, presidents, vice presidents, uh, management, middle management, you know, uh, local foremans, and then, you know, all the hirelings, and that's the way it works, and, you know, you got to report, and, and so in God's hierarchy, there's God, and then there's husband, and then right under him is wife, and under her are kids, and under them are, like, pets, right, and so, but, and there's this, hierarchy. and we said, no, 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 that's not what the Bible is speaking about. The Bible talks about there is an equality. An equality 
when we stand before the cross. That I, as a pastor, am no better you as a, a, a layman. Or, um, or that you are no better than me because I'm poor and you're rich. And There's an equality. That there's no socioeconomic differences. That there's no male uh, gender differences. As far as equality before the Lord. Now there's obviously differences between male and female, right? Everybody understands that. There's, there's a controversy about that about a runner. Anybody read about that? Yeah, because if she's a guy, that's not cool, right? And so there's some differences, right? Right? There's differences between men and women. We don't have to describe that too much, right? Everybody understands that, right? Okay. So there's an equality. But he says, for sure, there are roles. There are roles that we play. And that if we do not fulfill our roles, the family collapses. And if we're going to be, uh, if we're going to effectively help our children, we're going to have to address the roles in marriage. And one of the things that we said is that God has given the husband the authority to lead. He's given him the role of leadership. That's the role of the husband. What does that mean? Well, just look at Jesus. It means that you lead lovingly, sacrifice, be broken for, you take the hit on the chin. If there's anybody who's going to go to work, it's going to be you, dude. You know, it's going to be the dude, it's going to be the guy. He's the one who's going to go to work. If there's anybody who's going to stay home, it's going to be her, the, uh, the wife. If there's going to be anyone who uh, uh, sacrifices and toils, if there's anybody who's going to go hungry, it's not going to be the kids, it's not going to be the wife. If there's going to be anybody who stays without a new pair of sneakers, it's not going to be the wife, and it's not going to be the kids. If there's anyone who can... If there's anyone who has to suffer in this family. It's not going to be anyone else. It's going to be the husband. It's, that's the guy. That's what leadership means. It means sacrifice. And then, of course, it means spiritual direction, that you're leading your wife in prayer. You're leading her in devotions. You're leading her before the throne. And let me tell you something. I, uh, you know, when I lead my wife this way, it's, it's, just, it's effortless for her. It's like No woman ever goes, you're loving me too much. You know, you're just blessing me too much. I can't take it anymore. That's it. I'm going to rebel. Like, what woman does that? Right? One time my wife got this, uh, and I told you this before, my wife got us a cruise, right? It was just amazing. I don't have the time to tell the miracle of receiving this cruise. It's never happened again. We went on a cruise to, like, islands, right? And that I can't, Nassau is the only one I can remember because I lived uh, by a street named Nassau. And so, um, it's true. And so we went, and she said, oh, I got you two tickets, because she saw I was, like, mega stressed out, and we have no money for, you know, vacation or anything like that. And she goes, you can take Edwin, you know, our son, Edwin. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not going without you. She goes, but I just got you the tickets. I said, well, throw them away if you're not coming. Now, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you always have to have the last word. That wasn't the argument, right? It was like, okay. Who's going to take care of the kids, right? When you lead that way, it's really, really tough to find a rebellion. But now watch this. Not only is the... So the husband's role, we said last week, he's not better than, he drives. That's, that's his role. That's not better than, that's not less than, that's not greater than. That's, his role is he drives, right? Now what's the passenger seat, right? What's her role, right? We said that she has the map and she, has, she gets to change the stations, 
right? That's right. Whenever you sit shotgun in my car, that's what you, that's your two responsibilities. Read the Google map directions and, you know, change the station from jazz to like, you know, you know, whatever it is. Right. And so, and so now her role is not better than, it's not greater than, it's not uh, 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 higher or lower. It's just the role that she plays. Right. And insofar as that they start as he leads and she submits, in so far as that happens, there is a happy home. What what terrible thing happens is when that gets switched. If you want to hear more about that, I mean, it's just we, it was a good talk, so I recommend it to you. Today we're talking about discipline. <gasps> discipline. Now we're going to take a good long time to not a good long time, but a reasonable amount of time to dig into this. Now, here's the thing that we're going to go now. I'm just going to read some things really quickly to you because this is first talking to children, little children, and then he makes a reference to the fifth uh, commandment, you know, honor your mother and your father. That's talking to all children. Now, in a sense, we are all children. Does everybody understand that? Right? We're all children. Not, not, we're not all kids, but we're all children. Like, you were born from someone. No test tube babies here. Like, we... We were all, we all have like, whether you met your mother or father, whether you, you know, that, that, that's irrelevant. We were all born from someone. So we're all children, right? But in the word that he uses in Ephesians chapter six, he's talking about little kids, tiny kids. He's talking about those who are still living in the home and are under the authority of their, now this changes. I know some of y'all think differently. This changes as it grows older, and I can give you scriptural references to this, but right, we don't have enough time, so if you want, you can talk to me afterwards. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Watch this. We're talking about little kids. Now, if you're in high school, and you're, I'm talking to you. If you're in junior high, if you're, if you're in college and you're still living at home, I'm talking to you. Just like, if you're in the, if you're under your parents' house and authority, then you should obey your parents with a comma, with a, with a clause, unless they ask you to do something that is unbiblical or sinful. For instance, if your parents lead you to get drunk, then you can, ref- you can, you can go to a higher authority. That's why we have churches. That's why we have pastors. Your parents are under the authority of their pastors. So if they're leading you to watch pornography or to look at, if, especially if you're 12 years old and you're watching rated R movies, that's pornography for you, dude. Your parents are leading you into sin. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. But for if, assuming that what they're asking you to do, clean a dish, walk the dog, do your homework, children, just obey your parents. And then he gives a reasoning behind it. And it's just, I love this. He goes, for this is right. Then they need a whole lot of explanation, right? It's just right. Like, you don't have to, like, I remember um, listening, you know, as you grow older, you hear arguments of people and they're not really well thought out. Well, why didn't you, you know, sleep with that guy? Well, you know, she's my, he's my uh, uh, girlfriend's boyfriend, so I'm not going to sleep with him. And so he goes, but what does that matter? He goes, that's just not right. It's not very well thought out. But you know, there are certain things intuitively that's just not right, right? There are things God, God has put eternity on the hearts of man. That's what the Bible says. And what it speaks about is that God has put his truth in your heart. And there are certain things it's just not right. You see a kid, you know, um, uh, uh, come to his mom and, you know, he's a six-year-old kid and he starts hitting his mom because he didn't get a toy. You just think to yourself, that's just not right. 
That's not right. You see another 13-year-old scream at his parent, and you think to yourself, it's not a well-thought-out thought. thought. You just say, that's just not right. And Paul says, listen, children, young people, obey your parents. It's right. It's the right thing to do. Now, he goes back all the way into the Old Testament, and he reaches for this commandment that informs. Now he's not just talking to little tykes. Now he's not just talking to little kids. He's talking to so honor. This, I love, it says honor. The commandment says honor. It doesn't say obey, because when you're older and you have a family of your own, and your mom says, oh, but come over, and you've got to study with your kids, and because, you know, she's feeling lonely, oh, and she gives you the guilt trip because she says, oh, nobody loves me, I raised you guys, and nobody cares, and all that, you know, she does the little guilt trip that she does with y'all, right? You just got to, you can't obey that. You just got to go, well, no, I've got to really help my kids get dressed and get, you know, ready for school. And, and he doesn't say respect, because sometimes... Our, it's real tough to respect our parents, right? They do things that are insane and, and, and impossibly stupid. And, and there are some six-year-olds that I know that are wiser than their parents. And, uh, no, no. But what it says here is honor. Honor. We've got to honor. Now, honoring is, is honestly a culturally relevant deal. What I mean by that is that when we honor our parents, it's whatever is honor. Like, for instance... The way I honor my parent is that when my mom says she's going to cook for me, I go, no, mom, it's okay. I know she's going to cook as soon as I get there. Then I take a lot home. I try to eat I try to eat nothing throughout the whole day, and I try to eat a lot. This is the way I honor my mom. I, t- I try to eat a lot, and I go, oh, can you put it in a, a bowl for me so I could eat it throughout the week? And that's what I try to do. I eat it throughout the week. It takes me a couple hours. This is unbelievably honorable to my wife. I honor her by eating her food. Another way that I honor her is by listening to her. I can't do it every minute that she wants me to. But I give myself two or three times throughout the week where I go, this is my mother's time. And I'm going to honor her by listening to her. What does honor look like for you? There's this great um, uh, old story about... um, uh, uh, a Roman emperor who brought in the Greeks. And the Greeks, what they would do is that they would, when their parents died, in order to honor them, they would burn their parents in a fire and cremate them, basically, when they died. They would cremate them, and that's the way they would honor their parents. He brought them in, and he said, how much could I pay you? He brought these leaders in. How much could I pay you to Rather than burn your parents when they die, to eat them. How much could I pay you to eat them? And, they, he, and, and everybody said, there's not enough money in the world that you could pay us to eat our parents after they die. And he goes, nothing? What if I gave you this? There's not enough money. You could kill us and we wouldn't eat our parents, after they died, they went away. And then he called in another tribe. This tribe, the way they honored their parents was by eating them when they died. And so what they would do is that they would eat their parent because they somehow felt that they felt closer to their parent and that their parent would like sort of dwell with them, sort of like the Lion King circle of life, you know, you know, right? The lion dies and then he becomes fodder for the grass, the deer eats the grass, but then the you know, all that nonsense Eastern religion foolishness, right, that you hear. It's like that, right? Well, they eat their parents when they die. And he went up to them and he said, how much could I pay you 
to burn your parents and not eat them. And they said, we would rather die than burn our parents. We will honor them. Why? Because it looked different in two different cultures. Now, I don't want you to get distracted by the illustration. My point is, in your, you have a culture. And your culture is different than my culture. The Italian culture is very different from the African culture. The African culture is def very, definitely very different from the Latino culture. And the Latino culture varies in different, you know, the Cubans vary from the Mexicans, the, uh, the Dominicans vary from the Puerto Ricans, the Puerto, you know. And so there's a whole bunch of differentiation. But when the Bible says honor, you've got to figure out what that means. I know what it means in my household. I eat a lot, right? So I work out a lot. And, uh, you know, so, but that's what it means in my house. What does it mean in your house? I don't know. But he says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Now, we're going to talk about this because this is going to affect us. Now, this is going to be big, but I want you to hold, because it's the first commandment with a promise. In other words, God gives a promise. It's not the first commandment. It's the fifth commandment, but it's the first commandment with a promise. And God gives a promise, and listen to the promise that he gives, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now here is God's people. And they're, they just got freed from the bondage of slavery in Egypt. Remember, this is done in the Exodus. Got, Moses is giving the Ten Commandments. They've just been freed from uh, uh, the tyranny of slavery in Egypt. And so when Moses says, he's gonna go, I'm gonna God is going to give us a great promised land. He's going to give us all this wonderful stuff. This is going to be spectacular. And then he gives us the, these Ten Commandments. Now, God's love came first, then the Ten Commandments. So it's, you know, the, the, the relationship wasn't predicated on the Ten Commandments. It was predicated on God's love. And, you know, all right, so there's, you know. But so God, after sharing his love, after giving freedom from bondage, after doing all that he did, he shares with them and he says this. This is powerful. He says that it'll go well with you, that you'll live long in the land that I'm going to give you and prosper in the land. See, they were homeless. They didn't have... A, and so what's the best thing that could happen to them? Well, that they would live long and that they would have an, their own home. This is powerful to me because I was homeless for two years, not 15 years ago, a couple of months ago. I, was, I just finished being homeless for two years. And, and there's something about receiving your own home. Like, if you came to my house, you'd be impressed. It's a little bit of a mansion. If you, if you saw my view, you'd be impressed. I have the entire Atlantic Ocean as my view. Just went surfing for the first time this week. No kidding. Caught a fat lip in the process. That's another story for another time. I'm glad it's gone away. Surfboard hit me in the face when the wave came. So, but, but watch this. I understand when God says this, this stirs something in me. If you've ever been without a home, if you've ever... You go, oh, you mean there'll be comfort and there'll be security. There'll be safety. There'll be... Oh, I get it now. God says this way back in the fifth commandment. He says, then... He shifts it. Now, we're all children, so we can all get the honor stuff. Little tykes, I want you to obey. That's the big deal. Then he goes, er, fathers, fathers, padres, guys. Now, this is important for moms, too. But there's something about fa fathers, 
Do the statistics and find out how many uh, people are, how many guys are in prison, and then find out how many fathers were there for them. And you'll find that in upwards of over 90% had either absentee, abusive, or did not know their fathers. Unbelievable what the statistic is like when the father doesn't show up. Fathers show up. Now, some of you have blown it. You used for a bunch of years, and you weren't there for your kids. They're all bigger now. If your kids are 60, you can start the process. It'll look different than what we're talking about here, and I'll help to explain that in a minute. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. We spent the first three weeks just picking out that verse, that, that part of that verse. That's why we gave you an objective. It's for the glory of God. It's not for you to look good. You know, change your clothes. Why? Because it'll embarrass me. No, but I can't say that. Because I say so. Right. Gotcha. You know, um, you know it's not for me to look good. It's, not, it's for God's glory. The second week, we've got to examine our hearts so that we can help our children examine their hearts. The third week, the marriage has got to be right. And if you're not married, you're a single mom. Man, listen to the rest of the sermon uh, that we gave last week. We said that the church... We've got fathers for you. We've got fathers for you. Men who love Jesus. And we gave examples of men who have, you know, just sort of picked up some slack where other men have left off. It's beautiful when the church is working the way God wants it to. But now he says, fathers, moms too, but fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. In other words, have the glory of God in mind. Have the heart um, that is surrendered to the Lord and, you know, you're guarding it. And your marriage. Fight for your marriage. Listen, listen. Some of you are are having a tough time in your marriage. I understand. Listen to me. Fight for your marriage. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of the talk. Bring them up in the discipline. Somebody say discipline. And instruction, somebody say instruction, of the Lord. Now, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to hear so far. What I want you to hear is that God gives us the glorious, magnificent honor of being called fathers. When he himself is called a father. Do you see the gospel in this? God is our heavenly, perfect Father. This is why some of you had a problem going to God. Because when you think of God, you generally, even if you've been in Christ for a long time, you generally think of him as a bigger version of your earthly father. He's just a bigger, like if he was absentee, well, God doesn't care about me. If he was abusive, well, God is just waiting for me to mess up. If if he was critical, God is with a hammer, waiting for you to do something wrong so he could slam you with it. Everything you learned about God is wrong. Absolutely, completely wrong. God is full of grace, full of mercy, full, full of his sovereign love. He's a father. Now, this is where it gets interesting. He says, discipline. Now, this is not the kind of discipline, like, you know, people have said, well, the kind of discipline is like, you know, hey, let's, you know, make sure you do your homework as soon as you get home and eat all your vegetables and, 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 and uh, go to sleep at a particular time. And there's absolutely, those are, those are boundaries. That's more instruction. Um, I do that with my kids. My daughters go to sleep at 7.30. Why do they go to sleep at 7.30? Because that's when I'm ready for them to go to sleep. They're not tired at that time. 
but I'm ready for them to go to sleep. I give them a half hour of procrastination where I could pray with them. They can go to the bathroom. They can, you know, have their final sip of water or whatever it is. But that's when I'm ready. Why? Because I, I like my wife. And I'd like at the end of the day to be able to spend time with my wife. I don't put the children down when they're ready. I put the children down when I'm ready. Isn't that a novel idea? You know why? Because God has given me the authority. You know what kids do mostly when they go to school? You know what the biggest obstacle for them to learn when they go to school? Sleep. They're tired. So the, 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 the phone gets taken away. The laptop gets taken away. The computer gets taken away. The radio gets taken away. The TV gets taken away. And there's a bed. Who'd have thought of it? People should sleep at night. And they do. That gives me at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours, maybe two hours. It may give me two and a half hours with my wife if things go as planned. Wonderful, glorious, romantic time with my wife. Wonderful. That's fantastic. So we put them down at that time. So that's more instruction. Teaching your children. Uh, one of the habits that I'm trying to build into my kids is that they would read their Bible every day. And I talk to them about the Bible when I'm praying with them at night. So what did you read? What did you learn? What, how did the Lord speak to you? It's just a wonderful habit. Why? Because I want you to read your Bible every day. It, listen, it's a wonderful, but that's instruction. What we're talking about is discipline. This is feet to the fire, punishment, whack on the hiney. Age appropriately. Of course, you're not going to, if you've never done this, you're not going to start this when the kid is 26, right? Can we all agree? Like, we're, we're talking, like, you know, we're going to use some common sense here. Like, if you have, if you've never done this, what we're going to talk about, but you need to spank, you need to discipline, you need to correct your children. And if you don't, don't feel bad. The, the probation officer will. His CO will. Don't, hey, listen, if you, don't, you don't, if you feel guilty about doing it, don't feel bad about that. Listen, listen, listen. There's some armed guards who have a very definite way of disciplining. So don't worry about it. If you don't feel like doing it, don't, you know, don't worry. Do, just, you know, Twitter or Facebook. Do whatever you like for the rest of this sermon. Because Now, let me talk something seriously. The reason most of us have a difficulty with what I'm about to talk about, I'm really going to talk about it. You really should, honestly. You should spank your kids. If they're, and, and I'm going to give you um, uh, some parameters, and like you know, people are going to hear this, and I'm going to get letters, and it's cool. It's, listen, if your kids, you do not spank your kids for being kids. I'm going to give you some parameters. You don't spank your kids for being kids, and you don't spank them if they're too old. If they're a different age, then you can bring them the lesson that I'm about to teach you, and you can show it in front of them. It'll be on a sermon map before you, and you can kind of teach it to them. But listen to me. If your kids are this, if your kids spill milk, just just prepare yourself to mop up gallons of milk throughout their lives, right? Kids will be kids. You don't spank your kids for mistakes. Here's my rule. I don't spank my kids for mistakes. I don't even correct my kids for mistakes. I correct them for disobedience. I correct them when they are, and, and I'm going to speak to you. Why? Because we do not want our children. Oh, my goodness. If they're a little terror at three years old, they will punch you in the face. And, and some of us don't even need me to talk more about you. That's your experience. You go, you know, my kid just pushed me. Or my kid just grabbed me. Or my kid just... Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. To not give this kind of correction is not loving. It, 
people who come up to me and say, I don't want to spank my kids because I love them too much. I go, no, you don't love them too much. You hate them too much. You, you love you too much. You love the way they view you too much. You want them to be... See, you, you missed the first week. The, the objective is not God's glory. The objective is your relationship with them. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I got four kids of my own. I've done family counseling for over eight years. I've seen this over and over again. If you've ever gone to an anonymous meeting and you see a person who was using at 50 years old, just go up to them and ask them, so who kept, who helped you? You know, my mother never turned her back on me. She always helped me. Some of your stories, this is your story. You didn't get help until your mom finally put the bolt and the double bolt and called the cops on you before you finally got some help, before there were some actual consequences. Because nobody would have got clean if there were no consequences. If you were still having fun while you were using, you wouldn't be here right now, right? There'd be other places you'd be. Right. And so if your parents didn't do it, then God had to sovereignly, gracefully bring other consequences. Because there must be. It was at the lowest point when we got clean, some of us who got clean here, it was at the lowest point, at the most miserable point. Why? Because when we were experienced, finally, 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 God removed our mom. Finally, 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 God removed our pop. Finally, 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 God removed the person who was taking away the consequences. And in America, this is a problem because the objective of parenting is not to correct and discipline, not to instruct our children in the way they should go. The, the objective is, so you ready for this? To take away their consequences. It's why dad is so quick with the bail money. It's why mom runs up to school. And rather than looking at Joey and saying, Joey, this is wrong. This must end. You must. Rather than doing that, she starts to yell at the teachers and the principal. You just have against my son. Nah, nah, your son's rotten. It's okay. He doesn't always have to be that way. But he is right now. And that's, that's just the way. Now watch this. Some of us, the reason why, now that's some of us, right? A lot of us are, are this way. We're, we're, we, we refrain from this discipline thing that I'm about to talk about. And the reason I'm setting this up, because a lot of you just kind of shut down, is you've been abused by this. You were disciplined by an undisciplined person. You were abused. I can, listen, I could tell you stories. I'm with you. And if you were hurt, if you were abused, you didn't get corrected. You didn't get disciplined because there was sin in your life and your family was trying to correct you. You know why you got corrected? Because mom had a bad day or dad drank too much or, 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 or um, you know, there was just a lack of patience in the home. And so because you got so abused, because there was such torture involved. You go, this is, this is your response. And, it, and I totally understand. By the way, I'm, I'm with you on this. I experienced this. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be punched into another room at 12 years old. Honestly, I probably deserved it, but it was over the top. Like, you know, for a grown person to haul off on a young person... My son is 17. I can't imagine hauling, hauling off on my son. Like I know how to throw a punch and to go like that. 
And I just can't imagine doing that. Like, I just... And that's, so if you are there, I'm there too. And if you had this thought, I had this thought too. I will never do this to my kids. If you had that thought, I had that thought, I stand in solidarity with you. But listen, the Bible says we must discipline, correct, chasten our children. And if we don't, we set them up for disaster. Listen. We build a bridge so that they can go to the land of destruction. They don't build it. We build it. Some of you, some of you, as you grow up, you grew up without any boundaries. And most of your, psych- most of your psychiatrist bills are filled with talk like this. I wish my mother would have, you know, put some boundaries up. I wish my mother would have told me no. I wish my mother would have made sure that I went to school. I wish my mom, I wish my brother, I wish my father, I wish whoever. So I want us to think about discipline in a different way. Now, I know that sometimes I can be abrasive and I can turn people off. I'm sorry, my personality is not very, you know, whatever. But I just want you to hear this because I'm just going to give you in rapid fire, I'm going to give you like six or seven verses and you're going to have to argue with Jesus because here's what he says. In Proverbs 13, 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Uh, I mean, these don't even need explanation. Proverbs 19, 18, discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Isn't that an interesting thing? That if you don't discipline your son, you're helping them on the way to death. Now watch this. Never, here's a rule of discipline, uh, of spanking your kids. Never hit your kids when you're mad. Ever. Just promise me. Promise me. You'll never hit your kids when you're angry, when you're out of control, when you've blown your top. Just promise me that you're not going to do that. Because if you do, there's something inside. There's a, there's a, there's, again, God has put eternity on their heart, on our hearts. This is why children rebel. There is a justice in their soul and there's something inside of them that says, I am not going to submit to a big baby who's out of control. There's something in their bellies that says that God put it there. Don't, don't, don't spank your kids. Don't give them a punishment. Like if they're older, like 15 and you're not going to spank them, you know, don't give them a punishment. That's it. You're punished for six months. And it's like, oh, God. All right. You're probably not going to be able to carry that through. Another thing. Never threat. Don't do this either. Don't do this either. Don't do. Listen. Oh, my gosh. If you have to count with your. Oh, my goodness. If you have to count with your children, you've lost control. So they. One. Two. Two and a quarter? I really mean it. Two and a half? Listen, just admit you lost control, that they're in charge, and that you... Just put, you know... You got to discipline your kids. Listen to me. You know why my kids... You know why my kids respond to me? I'm not the best parent in the world. And in fact, time will tell. I'm I'm just... I, I tell you, I made more mistakes than anyone here. I've made more mistakes than anyone here. 
True story, and I told you this before, I remember one time in a rage. I'm telling you this not because I'm so insightful and, oh, wow, Pastor Edwin knows something. It's because I made so many God-awful mistakes. My son is here. Ask him. I remember one time my, my daughter had lied. I got so in a rage that I spanked her in the hiney, and it was, I was angry. I didn't grab her hand. You know how like you grab your hand so the kids don't fly away? This girl just went flying into the corner of a wall, busted her lip. That was me who did that. I've hit my kids in anger and in rage. And I'm telling you, it's, I just, it's one of the darkest moments of my life. When I, get, when I get depressed, I think of moments like that. You know, Thank God for the grace of God. And thank God, honestly, for the, for the forgiveness of my children because they've had to forgive much from me. I'm not talking about that, man. Hear what I'm saying. It's discipline. It's, it's, if you're angry... You're not, you are not qualified to discipline your children. Give yourself a time out. And now watch this. If you're letting your kids run around a mess, oh my, you really want to apply this. Listen to some more. Proverbs 22.15, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Isn't that good? Now, again, when we're talking about folly, we're not talking about childishness. If your two-year-old is picking at your potted plants and he keeps on ripping the pot, you know, thing, just get used to buying a new pot when it crashes on the floor. Get used to putting the dirt in there and just, you know, carry them away. Put boundaries up. You know what I mean? Like when, you know, when there's, uh, I give you an example, it's kind of, you don't know who she is. So there's a little girl who was being fresh today and I I just saw her and I grabbed her by the hand and said, no, no, you're going to go with your mother. It's just like, I, 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 you know, what are you going to do? Now, now, she knows enough, and she should have been spanked, honestly. I should have spanked her, really. But um, uh, I put her on a chair, and I said, you're going to obey your siblings. You're going to obey your mother. And listen, you, 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 little kid, you pick them up. And you, but, uh, you know, when they get three or four, they understand. They're being rebellious. You need to be able. But little, little tykes, I'm talking about like one, two years old, you know, they go for the cookie. They just... They don't, you have to physically remove them. If it takes an hour, just because you're impatient, just because you have other things to do, doesn't mean you spank your kids. You understand? Just because this stuff takes time doesn't mean you spank your kids. Now, here, here's some other things. Do not withhold discipline from a child. Proverbs 23, 13 through 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike it, I love this. Let's all say this, let's all say this first line together, 13 together, okay? Do not, one, two, three. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. I love that. He ain't gonna die. He's gonna tell you that you're evil and he's gonna, you're not, you might not be his best friend for a half an hour, but he won't die. It's like, oh, they're killing me. Like, I remember, this was the, this was the, um, when I used to get spanked as a kid, that I figured that if I just screamed really loud, they would have mercy on me. That was the thing. So I remember once, th- no, I can't tell the story. We got it. We got too much. All right, really fast. So we're laying down, right? And I was doing, um, uh, uh, it was my brother and my sister. It was like bunk bed. And you remember how the old bunk beds, you had the wood that went across before they put the actual barrier because kids died from those stupid little woods not being uh, sufficient enough. So we put the, 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 the bar on the thing because we were swinging on it. My father would work at night and blah, blah, blah. And so we were being really bad. You know, he's, you know, he, uh, my father would work at night, so he would have to sleep throughout the day. So it's bedtime for us, like 9 o'clock, whatever. And so, you know, we're playing around. And then we're doing, anybody remember? Na, 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 
na, da, na, na, na. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like a strip tease for Bugs Bunny, right? So I started to do the Bugs Bunny strip tease thing, right? Da, na, na, na. And it was just like, and they were all laughing and we were having fun and we were like six years old. And so my father, long story short, my father, after like five or six warnings, just said, you know, and my father had like a lightsaber of a sword, uh, of a belt. He said, shrink. And so we jumped in the bed. Now watch this. This is the first and last time this ever happened. He took the belt and he hit, but because the stick was there, it wrapped around the stick. Never touched us. We were also under a blanket. It never touched us. But we screamed bloody murder. We were like, ah! You're killing us! We were just screaming at the top of our voice as he was hitting us with his belt. Didn't touch us. Then he really hit my sister because she didn't have any like bar or anything like that. And so when he went away, we started making fun of my sister and she started, you know, that's a whole story. But, um, but listen, listen, that has nothing to do with anything. But here's the point. Here's the point. They're, they're not gonna die. They're not gonna die. They'll live. You can spank them. Okay. Do not withhold discipline from a child. Okay, right, we read that. Um, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now listen, I understand that guilt motivates a lot of what we do with our kids. We weren't there. We did, you know, whatever. You know, we did this wrong. We yeah, I understand that it motivates a great deal of what we do, especially with a lot of us here. So I'm just going to speak, speak where we're at. You're not helping your kid. If There's like, I, don't, I almost don't want to look this way because everywhere I look, there's a mom that I've talked to about this. So um, you're not helping your kid if you're enabling him. You're not helping your kid if you're allowing him to not work for a living. I'm talking about like, you know, if your kid is 20 years old, if your kid is over to, you know, over it. You're not helping your kid. You're not helping your kid. If they're using and you're taking away their consequences, you're not helping your kid. If they're um, living a life that is contrary to this Christian walk, even if you blew it for their whole life, you're not being a blessing. You're, you're helping them hurt themselves. And I know, that's not, I know that's not your intention, but it's what's happening. Proverbs 29.15. Proverbs 29.17. Let's go to um, 29.17. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. Isn't that good? He will give delight to your heart. If you're not sure what that, you know, discipline your kids and then watch them graduate high school. And that, you know, as they, there's something that wells up inside of you, isn't it? You know, you watch a kid graduate college. You watch them do well. You watch them serve and worship Jesus. You watch them become a missionary doctor. And you're like, wow. It's just, they do good to your heart. Now, I want to change us. Now, here's the thing. When we think, when we're disciplining our children, we think that we're harming them or we're doing something wrong. If we're doing it in anger, we are. If we're doing it in anger, we are harming them. We're not doing right. So, what I want us to look at is in this verse, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, I want you to see a cir- the circle of blessing. It's also in your, um, in your uh, handout, in your bulletin. We have what's called a sermon map. You can go ahead and check it out, open it up, and uh, kind of lift it up. Um, if you've got it, you got it, right? We got it? Okay, good. Okay, there's a bunch of us who got it. Now, you'll see a circle there. In, in th- this circle of blessing, 
this is the this is what 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 Paul is talking about. Hey, listen, you're gonna if you honor, you know, there'll be honor that protects. It'll go well for the child. They'll have long life if they obey. You see, all these blessings they're protected. Now, what happens if we let the kid because of disobedience or dishonor go? Listen, we leave the child in danger. They're in danger. Listen, there are enemies. I hope you know you have an enemy. We have an enemy. It's Satan. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy, and he'll bring, uh, he'll bring sinful thoughts. He'll use anything from, anything you can imagine, from magazines to TVs to sin to uh, desires, anything to dishonor, disobey. So when you're, what you're doing is the most loving thing that you can do. Now, what I want to do is I need to give sort of an example of what this practically looks like, right? We all have an enemy, right? I need four guys. Four guys. One, two, three. Good. Give me four right here. I want you four guys to come up here, right? All right. Now, come, just come up here, right? Now, these guys, now, right? Wow. These guys are strapping dudes. They're strong. All right. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go all get into a circle, Right? I want you to face that way, face that way, come over here, face this way, Steve. Okay, great. Now watch this. Um, now stand out a little bit farther, stand out a little bit farther, stand out a little bit farther, right, right there, a little bit farther. Okay, come over here, stand out a little bit farther, great. Now watch this. This is the circle of blessing. This is honor. This is uh, long life. Theirs go well. Steve is obey, right? And they are, as you're raising up your children in the Lord, they are being the protectors. They are protecting. Now watch this. Dave, come with me, right? Here's one of your youth, right? Here's one of you. I want you to stand in that circle, right? I, I hope you know that everything from everything from TV to the magazines to is attacking the sensibilities of our children. That there is absolutely nothing biblical, not nothing biblical, but there's very little biblical um, response in our culture. The, 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 the culture doesn't think of, you know, the culture is absolutely anti. When I start talking to people about uh, 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 purity, it's a goof to them. You're kidding. You don't really believe that. Right? I mean, but... You know, when, when I talk to people about raising their children up in the Lord and praying with them and reading the Bible and instructing them. Oh, yeah, but when I, when I do something as simple as talk to our families about don't send your kids to, to rated R movies. If, if, listen, if the world says they got to be 17, surely the church should have a higher standard. Surely we should have a higher standard. If the world, they, like, and, and I can't tell you how many 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds right here, just in this church. It's no big deal. Ah, oh, but it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, are you mad? Have you lost your mind? Well, watch this. So, the enemy is out to get us. Now, I want you to aggressively protect that kid. All right? Now, watch this. The enemy is... Now, push me away. Go ahead. Now, what? Right. Exactly. The enemy wants to get to you. And he wants to get to your kid. He wants to get to your kid. That's good. And so, he'll go through any possible way that he can in order to get to your... In order to get to you, in order to get to your kid, the enemy will do anything he can, and if he can't come around one way, he'll come around the other, and he will assure you that. And I just want to touch him once. And so now watch. 
But, now watch this, youth, listen to me. If you're there, you're protected. It will go well with you. It will go well with you. Now, this is what happens. Right? I put down the sword. The enemy can't get to your kid. If you love Jesus, the enemy can't get to your kid like this. Here's how he gets to your kids. He goes, you now. I got you now. Watch this. Watch this. There's no protection out here for him, is there? As a parent, you can't, your, your response can't possibly be, boys will be boys. As a parent, there's danger out here. There's a guy with a sword who wants to cut his throat. Surely your response cannot be, well, he'll grow out of that. Surely there's got to be a better idea than, well, it's just one movie. You've got to... I just wish I could preach this better. Because you surely do not want your son... There's no protection for him here. There's no protection. He's being eaten alive. He's being devoured by the sword of the enemy. So as your parent, what do you do? The rod of reproof. Don't say no. You give a spanking. You go. Now now watch this. If they're David's age, honestly, you don't spank a guy like David. And David's a beautiful dude, man. I love David. Um, if it's a guy like you go, no, no, no. There are going to be some consequences to this. And let me tell you why. Because you have put yourself in danger You've taken yourself out of long life and blessing. So because I love you so much, there's going to be a strong punishment. Because Jesus has given such grace to me. And he's given me so much love. I understand that being in the place of blessing is better. So with the reproof, whatever, little, you know, six, seven years old, it's the pow, pow, take out, you know. And, you know, there's a different, you know, you could be a belt person. You could be like, you know, you ever, you ever got those like a little um, uh, things where you, it was a rubber band and a ball. And there's like a little pattern. You go, give you watch this. Buy buy it for your kids on the way home, right? In a week, it'll break, and you will have a wonderful source of correction for your children, right? Don't do you know? And so now watch this. So what you do? You spank him. What, 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 watch this. That means right, if they're 21 years old, here's what it means. It means you you say no. I'm not going to pay for your whatever. No, you can't stay here, not with the way you're living. No, you cannot do what you've been doing. No, I'm not going to fund your... I'm not going to help you to prevent consequences in your life that I've been begging you to run away from. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a struggle. But you said you loved me. Right, that's David's... You said you loved me. And you said you'd always be there for me. And all sorts of demonic... You could almost hear Satan's voice. Because, no, no, no. Here's it. And kicking and screaming, right? You go, come on. Come on. And he's fighting it and he doesn't want to go. But what happens? He's now, he's in the place of blessing. You've corrected him. You've reproved him. You've charged him. Why? Because we want them to live long. We want them to be blessed. We want them to be. Listen, I want all of my kids to wear white when they get married. I want all of my kids. Like, let, let them be. Let me tell you something. I want all of my kids to, whether they're doctors 
or lawyers or missionaries or pastors or whatever they are. I want them to be in this place of blessing. I want them to be extraordinarily blessed. But now watch this. This means that I have a job to do. If your kid is bringing someone home and their room somehow locks, it's, it's, now watch this. What happens if you go, now, now watch this. I, I started this with my kids. They've asked me why. I said, listen, you're just going to have to trust me on this. It's the first time we've ever had an, um, uh, an apartment with more than one room. Like we all slept in the same room. So it's like, you know, that wasn't happening in my house. Right. But now we got like four bedrooms. Right. Wow. Right. Real nice. It's just keep the door open. What am I doing? What am I doing? Keep your door open. Why? I don't know. But one day, something's going to happen that I do know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create boundaries. and t- you know, The enemy's going to want to come. Maybe it'll be your girlfriend. And you'll ask me, well, why'd you let me with Steve and not with Susie? And I won't have an answer. So I just as soon say, the door stays open. Why? Because I'm putting boundaries. Why? Because when the enemy comes... To, yeah, I'm sure. When the enemy comes... And, when the... When the enemy comes to try to attack, you see what I'm saying here, right? And so, th- watch this. Why am, I having, uh, why am I begging my children? Read the Bible so that they could find that joy in themselves. Let me tell you what won't work. Legalism. If you do this because I say so, blah, blah, blah. You need to remind your children that God has given you. It's the gospel. God has given you as a gift to them. God has given you as a gift to your kids. Did you know that? To protect them, to nurture them, to bring them up in the way of the Lord. So that with him, why? Why has God given you? Because God believes that you can do what he has called you to do with one of his precious kids. Now, now, truth be told, a lot of us didn't have parents like this, right? Some of us had parents who, under, some of us have parents who knew the names of sports people on sports teams better than they knew the names of our friends. Some of us had parents who just didn't have enough time. And if you're a single mom, oh my goodness, this is the world you live in because it's just like from like sun up to sundown, you're just working and you just, you really have to work at this. I understand that. But God has given us as a grace, as a, watch this, that's why he's called us fathers. So that we might be the protecting. God, don't pray as you let your kid go to a party that you know there's going to be drinking at. Don't pray. Oh, God, please protect them. Because God is going, why do you think I put you there? Don't pray. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't, you know, watch this naked girl on the movie and get all turned on. God, that's why you're there. Don't pray. Oh, God, protect them from, you know, listen, it's. It's why God gave us to our kids so that they could protect and that no matter what we do and no matter how we try to get at those kids, there would be a protection for us. Listen, don't try to be your your kid's best friend. Try to live for the glory of God and there won't be any conflict in this. Now, what does this look like for you? If your kid is in the, I guess, 11 uh, 11 and under age, you give them a spanking. What does that look like? It looked like belt for me. For some people, that's too much. Um, the paddle that I told you about. And if they're very young, you... Oh, by the way, never, 
ever, this is a gift that my father gave me. He didn't understand how biblical he was being. He never, ever, 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 one time, ever, no matter how bad I was, never spanked me once in front of someone else. Never. He let me keep my dignity. There's something about that. I don't even know how to explain it. Don't hit your kids in front of others. It's not a spectator sport. It's if you have other siblings, everybody go outside, you know. And, and, you know, if it's a kid, you pants protect, so, you know, you keep their underwear on, but you probably, you know, take their pants off, and then you lean them over your, uh, your, your knees, and you spank them if they're really tiny, right? And, this, and, and in the beginning, you say, listen, beloved, you have put yourself in the place of danger. By disobeying mommy, by disobeying daddy, you've put yourself in the place of danger. You're no longer in the place of blessing. You're no longer in the circle of blessing. So I'm going to, now watch this, you spank your children. And then, and, and you determine in your mind, and the way I have to do it, I have to determine in my mind what the spanking is going to be when I'm calm. I have to, it's going to be four hits with the belt. It's going to be two hits with the belt. This was a misdemeanor, this was a felony. Which one? I don't know. You know, and so you have to determine. We're being incredibly practical about this, but let me tell you something. This is important for every parent. And you're going to be a parent, and you want to protect your kids. Now, as an older person, uh, if the kid is older, then watch this. What do you do if your kid is older and you've never done this with them? Here's, a, right, here's what you do. Here, here you go. You, you bring it to your kid. If you've never done this, and your kid is like 13 years old or something, you bring this to them, and you teach this lesson that I just taught you. Go, no, no, I want you to be in the place of blessing. I want you to be in the place of protection because if you're not and you can teach the circle of blessing and the danger guys thank you so much i appreciate very good dave you rule i'm so glad you came now here's the deal folks how do we apply this there's might be five thousand ideas questions thoughts but what about that might be going on in your head feel free to email them to me i can't continue on i mean i could probably talk for another hour but here's the point there's a couple of principles, right? Number one, I would beg you, if this is new to you, get this talk again. Listen to it over. I've said certain sentences in passing, like never do it in front of your kids, like never hit your kids in front of other people. Never. Another thing that my father did, did is he never touched my face. I don't know what that's about, but it gave me, I don't know, it was a dignity issue. He always, and, and my father never, never hit me with his hands. That was someone else who punched me into another room. He never hit me with his hands. There's something about that. It's hard to be embraced by the hands that hit you. But if it's a paddle, if it's a belt, they can hate the belt. They can hate the paddle. But there's something about that. I'm just trying to give you as much practical stuff in some of the questions that you might ask. Listen, listen. After the spanking, so you take the kid, you say, you know, no, take that pants, Pop, 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 right? After you do that, you bring the kid into, watch this, because it's the gospel. Because it's grace. You bring the kid, long before they ever do anything to make it right. Long before they, why? God corrects us, and long before we ever do anything right, he is extending his love to us. So you grab them, and you just, I just love you, I pray. As they're crying, you hold them. Never send them to the room by themselves. Satan will have his way with them. Are you kidding me? My father used to send me to the room by myself. I used to pray that he got hit by a truck. 
I'm not even kidding. And some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And I pray that the truck backs up and rolls over him again. And it's an 18-wheeler and he gets hit by every wheel. Like it was just like bad. It's like nothing good that happened in my mind. Watch this, watch this. You take your kids and you just rock them. And they're crying. And they're just, I love you. I love you. I, Bobby never wants to hit you again. I never want to. I just... I want you to stay in the place of blessing. Again, we, we spank our kids, not for them being kids, like, you know, we spank them for disobedience. We spank them for dishonor. We spank them because they're outside of the circle of blessing. And so, I just, I love you. I just, now, if your kid stiffens up, if they're four or five years old, three, four, five years old, and they're stiffening up, and they're like, no, leave me alone. Then you can just, as you rock them, say, listen to me. Say, Bobby is very concerned. Because the whole purpose of discipline is to go back to the place of blessing. And you're fighting that. So I'm concerned about you. Your heart, it's becoming hard. The, the purpose of discipline is not to harden your heart. The purpose of discipline is to put you back in the place of protection. And so if they have a hard heart, then you need, to, you need to start fighting for that kid's heart. You need to start praying for them. You need to start asking Jesus to touch their heart. You need to start talking to them. And it, then we go back to week two. Anybody remember about the heart? Right? Hey, did anybody? Right, right. It's the heart. Right. And, you know, hey, did anybody break a promise to you? You did. Maybe they're receiving, um, maybe they're receiving correction from a person who did the exact same thing. Listen to me. There's so many different things that we can talk about. But what I want you to do, if you want to know more about this, there's a great book. Um, it's called Shepherding the Heart of Your Child, or Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's, uh, Liz, is that David Tripp or Paul Tripp? It's David, huh? Ted Tripp, Ted Tripp, that's what it is. There's a bunch of trips. It's like David Tripp, Paul Tripp, Ted Tripp. Um, uh, Ted Tripp, unbelievably gospel-centered guy who speaks of the grace of God. And he has, in fact, this circle of blessing that you just saw up here, I got it from Ted Tripp. I didn't invent it. I got it from him. And he's the one who just explained that beautifully to me so that I might be able to explain it to you. There's a, um, you can learn all about this in more detail. Get the book. Um, if you go on theresurgence.com, it's a great website. The Resurgence. It's T-H-E-R-E, Surgeons. Um, whatever else, I don't know how you spell resurgence, but theresurgence.com, if you go into that website and you type in Ted Tripp, you should get about four talks that he gives on this thing of parenting. So if you're not a reader, you can watch it on video. It's about hour-long talks. They're dynamic and fantastic. Here's what I want you to know. As parents, as a gift from God, he's given us to be fathers, parents, to our children. You know how best you can become a better parent? Listen to me. The way you can best become a better parent is by exposing yourself to the love of the Father. Listen to me. God is not a bigger version of your earthly father. God is a perfect father. And so as you expose yourself to your heavenly father and you see how he rebukes you, how he corrects you, how he disciplines you, as he does that, wow, amazing things can happen. Then the way you 
deal with your kids, discipline your kids. Also, if your kids are older, reality discipline is wonderful. If your kids lose their school bag and their school books, I mean, you have to replace the books because they belong to the school, but you don't have to replace their school bag. It's reality discipline. There's, there's a couple of shopping bags that are very good that you can carry to school. Why? Why? Because there are actual consequences. It's not you punishing them. It's just the reality of life. If your kids get, get up late for school, why are you going to fight with them every day for the next 10 years? Let them go to school late. Let them get detention. Let them, you can even talk to their teachers and their principals. It's tough for me. This kid gets up to school late. Can you give them a really strong punishment? Yeah. You know, you got to mop the floors or the fourth floor for detention and all that other stuff. Great. It's, that kid doesn't want to. Watch this. True story. And, you know, my son's here, and I hate to do this to my son, but I'm going to do it to him anyway. He had a thing where he was just late to every time we left. And so I had a car. This is just recently. I had a car. And I said, okay, we're leaving at 8.30. We're leaving at 8.30. Just so everyone knows. It's an hour before we leave. We're leaving at 8.30. It was in the morning. And, you know, as usual, he wasn't in the car. I said, Psh put it in drive. Funniest thing I ever saw was out of the drive, because we have a driveway. It's like a block long. And uh, it said, I could hear him go, what the? <laughs> Kids in the car at 829 now. Fought with him for years. Listen, there's just certain things that work. It's just, but again, if you do that, you have to bring it back to the gospel. Mommy, Loves you. you. You are never away from mommy's love. I am not punitively punishing you. This is not another form of jail. This is getting you back into the place of blessing. I, I, I never, I love you even as I'm spanking you. I love you even as I'm disciplining you. Always done in the gospel of grace. Let's pray. Father, you are a gracious and holy God, and um, there is none like you. You deserve glory and praise and honor and worship. Lord, I know that um, there are many parents here who, in fact, have um, really difficult parenting situations. They wish they would have heard this sooner. And Lord, um, I pray for those parents who are here with kids who are adults. Lord, I just pray that you would give them great grace. You would give them great ability to explain to their kids this new biblical way of relating to them. Father, may you give them grace to sit down with their adult children and say, things are going to change. Now, Father, for those here who are young and still have school-aged children and younger, I pray that you would give them wisdom on how to apply discipline and instruction. I pray, Lord, I pray that there would be so much instruction that there would have to be very, very little discipline. I pray that the gospel would permeate, that the grace of Jesus Christ would permeate every decision, every thought. I pray that they would not do it in anger. I pray that they would walk away and calm down before, their, uh, before reproof came. Lord, I just, I ask that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that you would give great grace as you did 
in salvation. Do it in the sanctifying work in their hearts. Give them a repentance about doing parenting. A repentance away from Dr. Phil, Oprah, Deepak Chopra, and uh, Wayne Dwyer, and all these fools who have no idea of what your word says. Father, I pray that you would give them a grace that they have yet seen. For I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.